From Hollywood to you. Thank you for listening to us. Ryan Seacrest. Seacrest. On air, on air, on air with Ryan Seacrest. See, I'm always afraid these, in these times, I'm always afraid to look down at my phone, the news, or my sheets. I got my <laughs> sheets. All my sheets, right? Got sheets of stuff. Stuff that tells us what songs come when and those kinds of sheets. Then I got a sheet that tells me it's the date on the sheet, mm-hmm. the weather on the sheet. But at the top of the sheet, it says now Aza, Sissini's Aza, has COVID. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like a domino effect over here. So, wait, you had COVID. I had COVID early January and then was negative weeks before Maxon was positive. So then he gets it probably preschool. But but Maxon and Aza had separation when they had it. Yeah, so we isolated Maxon right away. I was isolating with him all last week and into this week. And then he's now negative. We get him out and then Aza's positive. So I was like, ah, we're back in this room. She's in here with me right now. So you're back in the room again. This is your third I'm run just, in the room. Yes, because you, Michael's still Max negative. And the baby's negative, and and uh, and so it's we don't we want we want we're doing everything in our power to give our kids a fighting chance of not getting COVID. Like I know some people are like, why don't you just let everyone get it all at once? And it's like, if we can avoid it, that's our. Goal. But so, what do you make of it? What do you, what is your explanation of how this has happened in the different it's, time periods? I think it's just very, uh, it's very transmissible and very contagious. And who knows? It could be just like we didn't clean a doorknob or a light switch. And, oh, geez. and I think it just comes down to that. Aza's symptoms are so bad this week. We had to take her to Children's Hospital. Oh, my God. It was really, her fever got out up to 104. Oh. It was so scary. We couldn't, t- we couldn't bring it down with Tylenol. We call her pediatrician. And she says, if it's 104, you have to take her into the hospital. That's a big, that's a high temperature. It's a high temperature, yeah. So how I mean, is she doing were, now then? She's doing much better now, and we were able to. We were able to. Her her issues was that she had a high fever and she was dehydrated because she couldn't keep anything down. She was throwing up. Oh Anytime she'd take a sip of water, she would just throw it up, and so that was like the and how issue. How do you basically. handle that? How do you handle that? Because that would make me so nuts. I break nuts. down privately, and then you become strong for your kid. You know, I just. I, yeah, you break down for a second, but then you pull it all together, and then you handle the situation. Well, she's and everybody okay. at Children's Hospital was so sweet and amazing, and they saw her right away, and it was like the best experience that you know being in a terrible situation. But no, I, listen, anybody working in the world of medicine and and mm-hmm. doctors and nurses and hospitals, but especially those pediatric angels, mm-hmm. you know, they really are. Well, keep us posted. I'm so sorry about that. I, I literally was like, no, it's not happening again. I know. She's doing a lot better, though. You, you might even hear her throughout the morning because she's not as quiet as Maxon was. <laughs> okay. No problem. I, she's already in her mommy, and I'm trying to, like, snap my fingers at her. <laughs> no problem. Tanya's got a trending report in a minute. Tanya, what are you working on right now? So some people think it's cuckoo. Others call it manifesting. I'm interested to hear what you think. What is it? I'm going to tell you coming up. Okay. Uh, So today, Friday, good morning. Ryan Seacrest with you, the whole gang here. Sunny and gorgeous. Highs in the mid to upper 70s. Mm -hmm. Incredible weather. Big Chinese New Year celebration at the Huntington in San Marino featuring lion dancers, a mask-changing artist, martial arts demonstrations, and Chinese music. We've got the Chainsmokers on today. We've got Halle Berry on today. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots going down. 
Chainsmokers are apologizing that they're back. <laughs> I love their whole promotion campaign. They're they like, did. sorry, Chainsmokers are back. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to find out more about that, but it is funny. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. Tanya says, some people think it's crazy. Others call it manifesting. What is it? Okay, so I want to talk about, it was Cara Delevingne. You remember her? I do remember her. Yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Did she go somewhere? No, she didn't go anywhere. But I she's feel still like on she's the celeb been... landscape. Yeah, but she hasn't really, I feel like, been out and about much lately. Well, I guess nobody has. But um, she is making it no surprise that she really wants to have babies. So she did an interview with Harper's Bazaar UK, and she said, I want to have babies, but not yet. I buy children's clothes for my future child who doesn't exist. I'm oh, manifesting. Wow. Yeah. And so people were commenting on this article and kind of saying, like, don't do this. You're jinxing it. You shouldn't be buying baby clothes before you're pregnant. The comments were all about those things. But it got me thinking. I feel as though I thought like I really related to this story because before I met my boyfriend, Robbie, I was doing all the same manifesting things that people thought were cuckoo. But I was cleaning out my dresser drawers and creating space in my closet, setting my dinner table for two because uh... you're like manifesting. <laughs> the dinner table for two is where I draw the line. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was good up until that one. That one. Bop, bop. Just, all you do is you set a plate for them. You don't like put food on it, but you just like set the plate up next to you. Uh, the imaginary friend setting is a little much for me. <laughs> okay, well, I would just like to say I did. I think it manifested. So I'm I just agree. saying. I think so too. So what, you're going to start buying baby clothes now? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I think that maybe taking it a, a notch uh, up, it works sometimes. Now see, setting the table for two would depress me. Like, I would look over and see the plate there, empty with no one at it, and it yeah. would highlight the fact that there's no one there. It wouldn't no, manifest gosh, it for me. No, fun with it. It's so fun. You like set the plate, you say, oh, do you want some wine? Do you want some water? The idea no. of manifestation is to believe that you already have it. Exactly. Right, but the idea of dialogue with someone that's not there is a little over the uh -huh. line for me. A little bit. The universe doesn't know the difference. Exactly. Well, in terms of buying the baby clothes, I think people who have a problem with that should stop talking to her about it because it's none of really your business. If, if she feels... Like if she feels like she wants to go out and buy the baby clothes, I that's good for her, right? I think yeah. so too. It's no different from your parents saving baby clothes of yours and you having this box of like one day I'm gonna use it on my kids. Like it's, uh, no it's different. a little different. It's uh. no different than me keeping perfumes and moisturizers on one side of the counter in the bathroom. Right. Mm -hmm. A little different. How's it different? I'm manifesting someone's gonna use them. Oh, I thought you kept them there yeah. for like when you had guests. Yeah, that. Well, they're convenient for that, but they're also there to manifest, you know, someone. So I change out that perfume every season. You don't talk to your imaginary person when you're I washing your face. I don't talk to the person saying, "What are you doing today? Uh, what's on your plate? What's on Do your you schedule? like the perfume that I bought that no one's using?" Uh, I don't. I don't go through that. That seems yeah. a little. What do you call it? Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Yeah, that seems cuckoo. a little for me. No. Uh, but in fairness, I find I use a lot of those products myself, especially that pink razor. It's fantastic. It lubes itself up, and it's very good for the skin. Oh, yeah. I love that those That thing's great. Great. Venus. Uh, what's Venus. it called? Venus. Venus. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Tubbs, you have a Venus? No, but I should get one. You really should. You're very hairy. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. This should put the Venus to the test. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think it would work on Tubbs' face. No, I'm not shaving his face. He's shaving his body. Oh. Yeah, I use the Venus for my body.
What do you shave on your body? That tight. That's a tight shave. Your chest. I don't need to explain it to you. I don't need to answer to you. Either of you. The only areas that I can think of. Like, I don't don't shave your legs or your arms. Whatever areas I got to market. You know? Whatever areas I got to (laughs) market. Yeah. All right. Tub's shaving like an Olympic swimmer these days. He's jujitsuing it up, you know? Wow. On air with Ryan Seacrest. All right. So you can tell things about a person just by looking at their face. This is your morning hack, and I have your quote of the day, too. According to research, uh, if a person has these features, they prefer short-term relationships. Men with large noses, they say. Men with square jaws, they say. And men with small eyes, they say, prefer short-term relationships. Women with larger lips, they say. And women with wide eyes prefer (laughs) short-term relationships. (laughs) So strange. Now, it's according to a research journal called Evolution and Human Behavior. Let's see your face, Ryan. My face is right here. What, what do you, what do you mm. want to see about it? I'm like, trying to have... say if you have a large nose, a square jaw, and small eyes. He has small eyes, but not a large nose. But your nose, but when I look at the eyes, then maybe the nose does look large. And you might have a square chin, too. I think you're all three of these. <laughs> but don't you know the answer to me? You don't have to look at my face to know. You know I'm only Checks always out. in... I'm either in a long-term relationship or not. But do you prefer short-term relationships? No, I prefer long-term relationships. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Short-terms are... But that's that. also subjective, you know, long-term in True. relation to what? Yeah, one would right. say all your relationships have been short-term. Mm-hmm. No, one would. One who was in one, one, them would say they were all long-term. But compared to the, your lifespan... You're right. Right. Long term is like 20, 30 years. Well, you guys mm-hmm. are talking crazy things now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are talking crazy things. All right. Today's quote. Here it is. Are you ready? You can be the whole package and still arrive at the wrong address. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Let's get to the headline, Sisney. What's happening this Friday morning? Well, outlining how health and safety rules could be loosened as the Omicron variant of the coronavirus continues to wane. Los Angeles County officials say that face coverings no longer will be required in certain outdoor settings once COVID-19 hospitalizations drop. And indoor mask rules could be loosened after further gains as well. The county would enter this post-surge phase when coronavirus positive hospitalizations drop below 2,500 for seven days straight, about 26% below the current figure. This week alone, we're just under 3,400, so we're getting there. Amazon's unlimited free shipping for Prime members is about to get a little more expensive, along with groceries, cars, gas, and so many other things. I mean, the subscription cost is set to rise. The annual cost will jump from $119 to $139, and the monthly rate will be from $12.99 to $14.99. For current subscribers, though, the price hike will take effect on March 25th on the date of your next renewal. But for new subscribers, the higher price will kick in on February 18th. And the city of Los Angeles will raise its minimum wage beginning July 1st from $15 to $16.04. Mayor Eric Garcetti announced this yesterday. When the increase formally takes effect, L.A. will again have a higher minimum wage minimum wage than the states, uh, any other states and the most of any other city in the U.S. City officials noted the raise is, of course, due to the recent increase in inflation, which reached a nearly 40-year high in December. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. 
The chain smokers are coming up and they're apologizing to the world. They're saying sorry, but the chain smokers are back. So we'll find out why they're why they're apologizing. Says this billboard I'm looking at says sorry, chain smokers are back. <laughs> so Ruby Gonzalez from our staff here, Ruby, uh the reason we want to have you in is because we're trying to find like an afternoon to get a I don't know, a, 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 a dry sauna or an afternoon to get a staycation or just some tickets to Knott's Berry Farm. You know, simple things like that. <laughs> right. And Sisney and Tanya are telling me that you went off to, you work here at KISS and you were off in Egypt. You got a vacation at this time wow. to go to Egypt. Yeah. How, how, how'd you get to do that? I'm, I'm so curious. Um, It was just kind of like one of those bucket list trips that I always wanted to go on and my siblings were down to go, like my brother, uh, my sister, and uh, my boyfriend, who's my roommate with my sister. <laughs> and mm. so we're like, let's do it. And we all ended up going. And it was just like, it was it was amazing. I really don't know how else to describe what, what it. What did you see? Egypt is on my list. Like, I want yeah. the food sounds amazing yeah. to me. The food. And I have a, was it crazy good? So good. It was so good. Falafels. They have this thing called uh, kush- kushari. It uh-huh. was so, like, the food was just amazing. And they love spicy food, so I love spicy, so it was like, And I did you heaven. see, did you go to the pyramids? Yeah, we went to Giza, the pyramids of Giza, uh, Abu Simbel, which is, like, a little further south, uh, Luxor. Um, but the pyramids of Giza were, like, I just, it felt like one of those moments where you're like, this is surreal. This is not real. Yeah, why did you yeah. come back? Why'd you come back? I don't know. <laughs> why did you come back to this? Could have stayed there. You had the whole family, your boyfriend. Yeah, it's so crazy being in a country like that and then coming back to your real life. Yeah, and I'm like a history geek, so being yeah. there was so like just learning about uh, about you know ancient Egyptian history. I was like geeking out. I was like, this, I love this. Like, how long is the trip to Egypt? Too long. It was like 20 hours to get there. Oh, yeah. Did you have a connection? Yeah, in Germany. So. Wow. It was a mission, definitely. Did you see the hieroglyphics? Yeah. Can they, you read them? Um, no, but I actually got a cartouche. I don't know if you could see. Uh-huh. It's like how they used to identify themselves. So it's right. like the name. Wow. It's my name in like Egyptian. Patty, are you it? seeing this? Remember <laughs> Sisney got the job and then she took vacation. She went somewhere for a month. <laughs> Ruby works here. She's getting in the middle of the 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 big season. She's in Egypt with her boyfriend and her family. Ruby works. To be fair, I worked in the holidays. holidays. Yeah, I was like, we're on vacation. She's working. Yes, Uh, she's holding down the fort for kids. What what is this dynamic where you live with your boyfriend, who's your roommate and your sister? That sounds like a series (laughs) to me. Oh yeah, it's it's a good time. It's uh, my little sister, um, Mellow Yellow. That's what we call her. My sister, my older sister, and then my boyfriend. So, we, so he's the only dude with all the sisters? Yes. <laughs> and how does that how, how does that work? I don't know how I got him to like, you know, agree to oh, that, man. but yeah, he signed the lease. Yeah, but he's so chill. I can see him getting along with everybody. We met yeah. him for one day and like we all fell in love with him. Yeah, we actually I met him through my sister, so they were already friends. She's like, I'm the glue with you two right. because that's how that's how we met. So they were friends. Uh, they get along. He gets along with my family. So it just kind of worked but out. Ruby, does he get to listen to all of your conversations with your sisters? Oh, he listens to all the cheese, man. Probably too much. Because <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, you'd learn so much by listening to three sisters, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So this is in Eagle Rock where you guys live? Yeah, we live in Eagle Rock. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's crazy. It's fun. But it, it's 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 a little chaotic sometimes. So Ruby told us, and we've talked about this, that her family's got the hot sauce. What's the hot sauce called? El Chilito. 
and we understand that I guess we should we should say you're welcome, right? We we had you on the show, you mentioned it, and due to the popularity and demand of everyone listening to this show, it sold out, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> no, uh, it's not did, quite it did, the truth. It did right? sell out, yeah. And we actually tried ordering uh, more bottles, but they're like backed up. Mm-hmm. So I was oh. talking to my sister last night and she said it is, you know, part of like the port, everything, everything that's been backed up recently. So we probably can't get any bottles until the end of the month. Oh, no. So, Sisney, you wow. told me it's because we sold it out. I didn't realize it was a supply chain issue. Well, it may be a factor of both, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> El Chilito. All right. Well, Ruby, welcome back. What's one thing you'll never forget about Egypt? Um, I think just the fact that I was able to do it with, like, the people I love, like my my siblings, my boyfriend. It was just, like, doing it with them was so magical. But um, just learning all the history. Yeah. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. We're going to put it on our bucket list. That's one of those places right. we should go get to. Get back to work. <laughs> all right. Now, when's the next holiday? <laughs> on air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. All right. Chain smokers are back. They're in separate locations because they've been together all their lives. So now they're coming to us from separate uh, <laughs> secret locations. It's good to see you both, Alex and Drew. It has been a long time. Has it been a couple of years since we connected like this? Yeah, I think like what two and a half probably. Two and a half. Yeah, but you guys were well. Let's let's go back up to what most recently happened. You were at the uh, NFC Championship. What was that like to see our Rams take it? It was amazing. Like at like so so fun. Also, SoFi Stadium is incredible. What an amazing place for the Super Bowl. That it was like the energy in there was absolutely wild. What's um, it like to perform in that large of a venue? It's, it's weird. It's not like anywhere else. You kind of just need to accept that too and just go in there and understand that it's going to feel totally different and really just focus on the stage and, and, and the band and make, make, uh, make sure it looks, it feels good down there. And then, you know, worry about the cameras picking the rest of the place up. And Alex, do you remember this massive hit you did for us and the Rams? I don't know if you remember this. That's charted all over the world. It's called <laughs> Ram It. Ram It by the Chainsmokers. Yeah, yeah. I do remember that song. Ram It. Just Ram It. R-A-M. That spells Ram. That spells Ram It. Wow, the things you guys made us do for airplane. Hey, listen. Hey, hey. Listen, listen to this one. This is Elton John doing it. Do you know how to ram it? He did it. Oh, please just ram it. He gets good. Listen, he gets fired up. Ram it. We will be rocking in LA. So let's ram it today. Let's ram it. We are gonna ram it. Just <laughs> he went. He went for it there. He dropped a couple yeah. of bombs on that. We really didn't need to hear the Elton John version of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was way, way, way better. <laughs> we didn't need to know that existed after hearing ours. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, listen. Why? Why am I seeing this billboard where you're apologizing? Saying, Sorry, the chain smokers are back. What is that all about, guys? Well, it's not like a true apology. It's like you know. Sorry, you know what I mean. It's kind of like one of those things, like when you like steal someone's seat before they get there, and you're just like, "It is what it is," you know. Uh, but obviously, I think you know it's just tied to the fact that you know we've been gone for so long, and I think we acknowledge, like, we love the internet humor. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of like amazing like internet meme culture around our brand, and we've always like enjoyed it and thought it was funny. And 
we wanted people to let you like kind of like take it and just be like, yeah, like we see what you guys did. We're going to like incorporate this into our, our plan. And it's, it's nice to show people like, we get it. You know what I mean? We we're in on this joke. You're in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah. We're in on the joke. And, and it was really fun to do. I mean, there's, there was, it was, it was really easy to put together because the internet really had a field day with us. So uh, (laughs) it was fun. Drew, what did you, I know you guys went to Hawaii for a little bit and sort of shut it down from the outside world. What happened there, Drew? Um, we, we hung out and had fun and relaxed and listened to music and, you know, ate mushrooms and drank a lot of wine and do what and you do what, in Hawaii. What, what, in, what inspires more lyrics? Which of those activities? Uh, I mean, they all work together. I mean, I think like lyrically, you know, we just, just talking for hours and hours and getting all these things out and unloading, like you really got to like kind of do some therapy to get you know, the songs that some really good songs out, you know, and um, it's really when you go in and we've been in sessions where you wake up one day and you go to a studio and you try to just like come up with something on the spot with a a writer that you might not know well, or sometimes just Alex and I, but really sitting there and like just talking for hours and hours, all of a sudden a song just falls out. It's right there, you know, and so you don't have to work and try to stitch things together. Just the song's there. And you think that happened in a more unique way because you were detached a little bit from your regular circulation? Totally. And I think also putting pressure on, we just went to Hawaii and brought a bunch of music gear and people we love to create with, but we're like, there was, we kind of gave ourselves permission to not make anything. And I think that subconsciously really helped. Now, did you sleep in? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, we had like a very, we definitely slept in, but it was like, wake up by like 11 go surfing for like three or four hours. And then, and then like, we'd come back and like Ian, who like, apparently we didn't know this is afraid of the ocean. Uh, when he went to Hawaii (laughs) with us, uh, like, you know, would be like, I just worked on this like really cool sound and we'd be like, this is awesome. And then we just spend the next, you know, 12 hours working on music and like hanging out, drinking, having fun. So it was like this really fun, like routine we got in. It is still so amazing to me, the most basic thing, this concept that that comes out of thin air. Like that, there's nothing that exists before that exists, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? Just like it's crazy. out of the ether. Right? <laughs> Just out of the ether music it, appears. Because <laughs> you've got the lyrics, you've got layers to it, but that th- there was nothing but air before the first different strokes of that, right? So how did that song come together? What do you think about when you hear that played back? Um, I mean, we, we had so much fun making that song. Uh, you know, when we started it, it was just like the hook and the guitar and it was a lot slower and really we like, we, we like, we had, there was something like really special about it. And we we're like, let's make this. It was funny. So this is one of the later songs we made it made. We had like basically made the entire album. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of like, we want to write some song that's kind of like, you know, a single, it's like kind of like the connective tissue that's more in your face than the rest of the album. There's so much depth and like fun turns and like, like we're really very, very proud of, of what we have on the album. We kind of needed those pieces that um, kind of connected people to it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we found out it's like a really common thing that a lot of big artists that have turned in albums, like they've written their hit singles after. And who knows if this would be a hit, but like, you know, I think there's something to be said with creating the album first. And, you know, we wanted to make something that was splashy, fun in your face that felt like present and um, uh, new, but also kind of still feels really chain smokers and kind of has those nostalgic type heartbreak lyrics what are the twists and turns on the album that we don't know of 
Yeah. Uh, there's, I mean, well, there's a bunch of things that I think people will be excited and surprised by. But I think for us, like we kind of talked about the creative freedom of making this album and not like there's just something mentally when you're like making a song and you're just imagining it on the radio, you kind of have to like, you kind of like, un, uh, like unknowingly fall into like some of the traps that like you just assume would work better for radio instead of letting mm -hmm. the song kind of go wherever you want it to go. Mm -hmm. And this album, like we were very adamant about just staying true to ourselves and, and letting the songs like become whatever they needed to become. So all the songs, obviously like, you know, it's important to us to have like these really fun dance breaks on each song, but they like go on these like crazy journeys. Like there's this one song um, on the album that's just like the most insane start to finish Sonic trip. And, and that was like really fun to do. And I think it'll be fun for people to hear because it's like, you literally won't, you know, like you'll never be like, sometimes you could listen to and be like the first half you can hear and be like, I know this just repeats one more time. Then they do the bridge. And then there's probably that last section, you know, whereas with these songs, like you really have to listen to start to finish. Right. Cause yeah. like it's going to go somewhere completely different. You didn't expect. So when, what are the plans for your album? Just, my notes say no date has been released yet. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, like, you know, it's kind of just a fluid situation about like how, you know, when and we release the first couple singles and then, you know, we'd love to get this out as soon as possible. We're so anxious to get people hearing this. I mean, I hope before summer, but, um, you know, we're just continually making content and, and making like a better package for people to, to be delivered uh, and enjoy it all. So, you know, sooner the better for us, but, you know, how the labels go. Uh, chain smokers with us. Yes, we've heard about how they go. Drew, what yeah. is, what <laughs> what does it feel like when it's finished? Does it ever feel finished, or do you say, "Okay, we got it. Let's pack our bags. It's done." Is that is there a moment where it's clear? Um, I mean, it's every time we finish, whether it's a record or an album, the label has to like pry it away from us. Um, mainly, our manager has to pry it away from us. Mm -hmm. and you which just I think keep working on it. Too. It's a good thing too because you do like like when you separate yourself from it, you realize how much more complete it actually is. And yeah. when you're still in it, you can still make changes. So uh, I feel really good about this one, though. There's one song that can do have one more thing in it besides <laughs> it. <laughs> and and you'll make sure to remind the label of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. they're trying to push back on it, but uh, Alex and Drew from they're not rooming. They're in different looks like maybe in cities right now, but they are coming back as the Chainsmokers with a wink and a nudge when they say they're sorry, a twinkle in their eye, and right. it's time to hear some new music. Look forward to seeing you guys in person. Great to catch up again. By the way, how many kids do you all have now? I feel like it's been too sissony. Are you, how many kids you got now? <laughs> I'm on my third. <laughs> yeah, go. I remember. So when I think when I last saw you guys, we were at that Halloween party that was yeah. right at that, that right by my house and afterwards they were like let's go back to your house for an after party and i was like oh no 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 the twins were like six months old I was like, no. i'll never forgive you for that we were <laughs> she has she has three yeah. I, I still have zero how about you? <laughs> How's your dog, though? How's your dog? My, my dog. George is doing good. George is. Uh, <laughs> she. She's. She's. She's fulfilling every void. You know, I still got the same trainer, right? Thanks to you. Really? Are you still working out there? I still. Kirsten's still the the homie. Live. That's oh, oh the the wait the, the dog, dog trainer. trainer? Dog okay, yeah. I'm saying the trainer. trainer. No, because you and I see each other in the gym. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait. Both have a different trainer connection. Yeah, yeah. We, we have trainer connections. One the dog and one is a human. Uh, yeah, Kirsten is literally amazing with the animals. And is that a picture of your dog behind you? Oh, yeah, that's Mushu right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, you take care. We'll see you soon. All right, we'll take care, guys. Bye. Thanks a lot. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest.
So we're going to pay a bill in just a second. But first, we're highlighting black-owned businesses during Black History Month. And as always, we're doing our hometown hustler segment. So this is Ugona. Ugona, good morning. Ugona and Buffy from L.A., Lil in Los Angeles. LilInLosAngeles.com or Lil in Los Angeles on Instagram. I just like saying Lil in Los Angeles. Angeles. How are you guys? Good morning. We're great. So excited to be on with you guys. Well, it's exciting to hear your story. So you founded a business in the summer of 2020 during the pandemic. And I understand that, uh, Ugona, you were out of a job at that time? Yeah, so prior to that, um, I was primarily in the music industry. Uh, I was working at a label and also DJing in Vegas back and forth. But, you know, the pandemic hit and all that kind of just shut down. And you've got a a little girl and you realized something, that there weren't certain things offered for your little girl. Tell me about why and what happened. Yeah, I mean, I... This is Buffy. I've worked in fashion my whole career, and I love clothes, and I thought it's going to be so fun to dress my little girl. And, you know, my style is just not – I didn't want to do, like, the whole dinosaur and, you know, princess thing. So we wear streetwear, and that's – you know, it's very Los Angeles. It's very much the culture here. So we thought we could bring something different to the table. And there was no streetwear offered to what age at the time were you looking for? Well, we what we do is like newborn up to size eight. Um, there's definitely some, but we wanted to do something very LA with a lot of positive messages, very colorful. So, yeah, we we definitely have our own aesthetic and style. Yeah. And you know, like Buffy said, there's things out there, but we just wanted to create something, and we had the time, and it was something we'd always thought about doing. And our daughter definitely inspired us, so we took the opportunity to like dive in. I mean, how cool to put your kid in streetwear, the streetwear you're wearing, right? Like the same vibe that you've got. That seems Mm -hmm. like so much fun. Uh, It's called Lil in Los Angeles. And what has your daughter thought about it? I mean, we like to think she really loves it. (laughs) She she's only two and a half, so she can't tell us. Can't really tell you. She definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a big part of it too is just kind of the memories we're creating. You know. You take pictures, and I think we all remember growing up and looking back at pictures from our childhood and kind of cringing in some of the outfits our parents put us in. Mm. So, you know, when, once you can kind of recognize stuff and she looks back and sees her pictures, she'll be like, oh, I was just pretty actually, cool, and she'll appreciate I, it as she grows up. I actually have cool parents. Um, all right, so most Sundays you can find them at Smorgasburg in downtown L.A., and, of course, on Instagram, Lil in Los Angeles. Check them out. Ugona and Buffy from L.A. Thank you very much for coming on. So great to celebrate you as our hometown hustler today. Thank, Thank you. you Appreciate you guys having us on. Thank you so much. You guys take care. Bye-bye. You know, parents became cool. Mm-hmm. At one point, they became cool. Ours didn't. But, like, parents <laughs> now are no. cool. But you know? when ours were parents, they probably thought they were so cool. No, my exactly. parents did not think they were cool. My parents knew I'm they sure were uncool. They did. No. no. Guarantee you, look at my parents in pictures. My mom, maybe. My dad knew he was completely not cool. But that was cool for that time. No, no, he'll tell you. It was not. He was not cool. And it was not cool know. to be uncool. I feel uncool. like my parents were cool. I look back at old pictures of my dad and like when he when they were like first married and he was in style with like cool glasses and his outfits mm. were on point. No, not over here. <laughs> Not over here. No. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest.
Joining us right now is Holly Berry. Hello, Holly. How are you? Hello. Hi, Ryan. I'm well. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, I'm so used to like having people on Zoom. It's refreshing to talk to you on the telephone. I didn't have to prepare <laughs> myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Me either. Thank you. I love you for that. <laughs> yes, it's easy. It's easy. Hey, so how is this? We've been talking about ourselves sort of having all these goals for the new year and then having a little bit of resilience fatigue because of everything we've been going through. How has your new year started off? Uh, I'm, I'm fatigued. I've got, you know, COVID fatigue yeah. like everybody else. You know, it's been really hard. I mean, I mean, let's, it's all relative. Hard. Yeah. Life could be harder. I mean, let's be for real. Yeah. But it's really hard on me. You know why? Because it's hard on my kids. It's hard mm. on children. And I see them struggling with school. They're not, they're not being social. They're not able to be with their friends like they used to be. So I, it's hard because I see it so hard for a kid, for my children. Well, you know, Holly, and Sisney will, will tell you this. She's got mm -hmm. three kids, and oh, yeah. she had, Sisney had the most recent variant, and then her little ones got it separately. One has it now. Yeah, and they're wow. three. They're three years old. It's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. And it, it's like, how do you how do you explain all of this? Well, know. you know, yeah. and, and it is impossible to explain because we can't even understand it. So true. Exactly. Exactly. And their little way of life has been, you know, they put on their masks and they go out. And yeah. right. it's just it's heartbreaking <laughs> when, well, when I see this, you know, it's, it's a way of life, though, right now. The, the good news is the moon is not coming at us at a crazy <laughs> speed by some mysterious force. Right. I mean, there's there's now, good news in the world. That would be a problem, Ryan. Uh, that now, would I, be a freaking but problem. You, you seem to have complete poise in solving that problem. Uh, the the movie is called Moonfall, and it is an action packed film. That I, I what I always mention in is like, so you're playing uh, this force at NASA, and does NASA have to sign off on things that you represent as your official NASA character? Yes, and we would want them to. You know, we wouldn't want to be irresponsible and like put totally something totally, you know. Uh, right. in the world that they wouldn't be happy with or that they wouldn't sign up on. I mean, yes, we all know the moon isn't off its axis and plummeting to Earth, but the technical part of what it is to be an astronaut and what that looks like and feels like, yes, we want we want them to be happy. About but do they ever say, them. does NASA ever say, and it is, uh, it, it, there's a lot of special effects in this movie too, but do they ever say, hey, look, let's not put that into the universe because maybe that could happen? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, that's probably a Roland Emmerich question, but I don't think so. I, I think most of that up there, they assume can't happen. Roland Emmerich. They're hoping won't happen. Well, no kidding. But Roland who's known for, I mean, move, big, big movies, Independence Day and The Day After Tomorrow. And you really see Roland's stamp on this film as well. What was it like to make the movie, Holly? Yeah, you do see a stamp. I mean, for Roland, I think the, the disaster is the biggest star of it. Like, that's really mm. what, it, what it's about, you know. And I think it's, you know, when you work on a movie, I've never done one quite like this, where you really work with nothing. It's nothing but green screen and blue screen. There's nothing. Mm -hmm. All that is put in by Roland on the other side. So that, for me, was my the biggest challenge, you know, to sit with the nothingness of it all and really have to use my imagination because he doesn't really explain to you what it's going to be either. 
how do you know if it's going to be great? Yeah, how do you know if you get a take right if you can't really see it or feel it or see the other being's reaction or the other planet's reaction, universe's reaction, or atmosphere reaction, you know? You don't, right? <laughs> <It's> the scary <laughs> part. <laughs> you, you watch it in the movie theater like everybody else, and you go, oh, did oh, I just right. suck terribly? <laughs> was I really having the wrong reaction to that? Because I thought it was going to be this, but it's really that. Right. You You just pray that you got it right. What does it look like on the page? I mean, we get to see visually what it looks like on the screen. What does it look? What does a movie like that look like on the page? None of that. It's none of that. It just says sometimes, you know, then a big swirling thing goes by, and that big swirling thing becomes like that thing you saw in the movie. This this thing that's like alive with tentacles (laughs) and it's black and nod like you know you 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 really don't You, you. you know, that's all in Roland's imagination, and he uses creativity on the other side to craft what all that will be. And John Bradley also is a little comic relief in this yes. <laughs> movie, too. He is uh, he's, yeah. he's very funny. He is very funny. He's a heck of a nice guy. Yeah. And I loved him on Game of Thrones, so I was so excited when I heard he was going to be a part of it. Samuel Tarley on Game of Thrones, which I still have not to get through, Hallie. Don't tell anybody, but I have not gotten through Game of Thrones yet. <laughs> No spoilers. <laughs> um, no, every time I say it, people are, are very upset with me. Um, Moonfall is in theaters today. And also, by the way, the song Automatic Woman from the Bruce soundtrack, sung by her, is making the Oscar buzz shortlist. Congratulations. It is. Thank you. That's super exciting. I mean, it's, her has always been my favorite artist. So when she said yes to do the title song of my first film, like, imagine how I felt. I, I was I know. over the moon. Yeah, there's yeah. There, well, there's something obviously special about your your directorial debut. You're starring in the film. There's so much of you in it and around it, and and in support of every component to an aspect to it, which must just create a whole new, different emotion for you. Yeah, this one hits me different. You know, you never have a first uh, twice. You only have mm-hmm. it once, and so mm-hmm. this is forever a, a very special piece for me. Well, good luck with that uh, Oscar buzz we're hearing about. Moonfalls in theaters today and the song Automatic Woman by her from the Bruce soundtrack is out now. And Halle Berry, thank you for coming on. I hope to see you soon. Thank you. I hope so, too. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, Halle, be well. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. You, too. Bye. I mean, that's like Oscar winner Halle Berry. Sounds just like pal Halle Berry. Right. Friend Halle Berry, right? I know. She's so sweet. She's very sweet. All right, so that and that movie's fun. It is a lot of big action if you want to check that out. On air. On air with Ryan Seacrest. We're on the air a lot, and we cover a lot of things that if I didn't have this show, maybe I'd talk about on social media. But I just find that I get lazy when it comes to social media. Right? Or I go in spurts. Well, I'll do something for a week. And then I disappear for a month. I know. I'm with yeah. you. I made reels for like a week, and then I'm like, oh, I'm tired now. Right. Like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. But the thing is, like, I go, it is something that can be great and fun, and it can also be a pain and a burden. Right? Right. And it shouldn't be a pain and a burden because it is supposed to be fun. Right. But y'all are always like, hey, we want to see you clipping your toenails. Would you please give us some content? Yeah, hey, we want to Tanya. We want to see what you're wearing when you get out of bed in the morning. Could you yeah. get us some content? I want to see the unvarnished Ryan, you know, the like not, you know, behind the scenes. 
So I realized I need someone at my hip pocket following my every moment, you know, creating the documentary. Yeah. Very cool. But I'm Do not going to have that. No. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have David Alvarez, who's here, and he yeah. understands how to do all of it. And, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to find some content. Yeah. yeah he's so, so sweet. Yeah. You're going to see you're going to see it from the alarm throughout the day. He was shooting my alarm clock when I woke up one morning. No, I shot <laughs> this, is, this is what we need. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a little taste. I'll give you a taste. And the reason I bring this up is we're about to play a game. How did this even come up with Tubbs? This is the best friends challenge. Okay, it's very big on TikTok. So we thought it's coming. Your oh, way. It's look at that! Your all your coming. Your selfie at you. face is like my. Yes. <laughs> the coffee. The this is video of me making coffee yeah, in the, the morning. Feet going to the coffee machine. Right? I love it. This is. I'm so grinding great. my own beans. Okay. This, this is good stuff. Yeah. This, right. This is what you want. Well, I'm walking around <laughs> yeah, with my phone taped to my forehead. Well, that's why David's here yeah. to help me chop it down. David yeah. will chop it up, make it nice, quick. All right. What do you What do you got there? What do you, What do you see there? Oh my! You're uh, welcome. A mirror, a mirror video. A mirror oh, selfie. You ready to go is, to work? Okay. And your hair. I've never seen it so unruly. Anyway, I'm tired of y'all asking for up? content. You're about to get You've some got of it. Very curly hair. So Tubbs and I are going to play the best friend challenge. So right. yes, I think on. TikTok, they point to each other, but because this is radio, we'll have you guys say each other's names to answer. It's kind of like a rapid fire. Um, I think we should play like Saweetie's best friend, uh, like an instrumental version of it to kind of get us into the mood. I don't have to dance, do I? All right, Tubbs, are you at a microphone? I am. Of course he is. Okay. He installed the microphones. You guys are just going to say the person's name, rapid fire, here we go. Wait, 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 what, rapid fire to, what? what? Rapid fire what? Questions okay. about your best friend, Tubbs. He's not technically my best friend. I work with him, and he's always around, but I don't yeah, want my best real friend. best friends to be upset. Like, he didn't They're take your place. Be. Your friends are not going to be upset. Well, I'm right. just sitting, putting it out Tubbs. there. You hang out with Tubbs more than anybody on this planet. Because I work here more than anybody on this planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying that's the reality. <laughs> All right, okay, so. Okay, stop stalling. Well, all right. right, who who replies to text quicker? We don't text. <laughs> oh yes, God. you do. This is gonna it's be not. impossible. We don't text each other. Can you just yes, do? We do not. Okay, well then email or whatever the hell you guys do. We sit here next to each other in the studio. Well, that's enough. Next, I one. I would vote <laughs> that Tubbs quest text quicker than you. Me too. That's my vote. All right, who is more of a drama queen? Mm, probably me. Really? Probably. Yeah. Well, I freak out about like technical stuff when I'm texting oh, him yeah. and then he, yeah, tell him too much information. He, he... <laughs> so you got the drama queen over there in his beanie. What's next? Okay. Who takes longer to get ready? <laughs> well, how would we know that? Until I post my video of me getting ready in the morning. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. How would I know how long it takes him to get ready? I'm not interested. By looking who at is, him. Who is more likely to be uh, the heartbreaker? Tubbs. Okay. Who is more likely to get arrested? Could be either of us. <laughs> <laughs> Who would die first in a zombie apocalypse? I think Ryan. Yeah, I would like to die. <laughs> you think yeah. so too, Just you kill me. <laughs> if I'm there, kill me fast. Please. Thank you for that. Who, last one. Who is more likely to have a baby first? Probably Tubbs. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't either. Right. Go. Good job, Two guys. men having Good a job. conversation about baby timing. Bad idea.
Bad idea. Also, just uh, the both of you, like, because we don't know how to play rapid fire games. Like, we, I like our relationship so much faster isn't... than it was like Tanya and I. You know, some guys' relationships with their bros are not rapid fire. They just kind of, they're just lulls. I know. You know? I they just literally... sort of, they're just there. Yeah. We just witnessed it. Like, he just told me the other day, maybe you were here, I can't remember, that he doesn't even eat meat. No, 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 no. I, I eat meat. I was saying, I know you don't eat meat because I was trying yes. to recommend a good steak. But I do eat meat, <laughs> so you really don't know me that well. I just don't oh, eat meat that man. much. I don't eat it not at all. Not zero tolerance on meat. On it's the good weekends. Meat. Yeah, but see, you if you were my best friend, you would know that. Touche. I'm not even making social media eye contact with you right now. I guess you're the drama queen. No, that's not drama. Uh, not drama. <laughs> all right. Sisney has a story about the resilience fatigue that we are all feeling. Mm-hmm. I absolutely feel it. I definitely feel it. Now, what is it exactly? In some ways, we are like sort of, we're just not fully there. You know what I mean? Right. And we're complacent. To, we're, we're just, you kind of are in a like 33% give up mode many times. I think so. And it's all because of the pandemic. Think about it. We're about to enter year three. You would have told me. You would when you told me, whoever you were, that we were gonna be at home for two weeks almost three years ago. I thought that's nuts. I remember seeing Italy, like they didn't let people go out of their apartments. I'm like, that's yeah, crazy. Everyone was what singing is that? from they, their balconies. Yeah, they they shut down an entire country. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, here we are. So, yeah, I, knew, I had a feeling it was going to be a long one, but I really didn't want to believe it. I think we were all in denial that we'd be in it this long. So what are they saying this is, this resilience fatigue? What is it? it it's kind of, it boils down to, you know, we've been strong this whole time. We're trying to get through it. We're trying to stay positive, but we're human beings. Like, you can only be strong for so long. Ah. So that is resilience fatigue. And it's kind of also like when it, we're like our strength is really a bunch of BS, right? Like I'm just pretending to be strong most of the time when I'm strong. I'm not really strong. I just sure. try and tell myself I'm strong to get through something, but I'm not. And a lot of the, it is like mind over matter. So like if you're running a marathon, for example, and you're on mile 18 and you're like, you know that you're going to get to mile 20, it's 26, 26 miles. 26 mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Anyways, you know you're going to get there, but then all of a sudden as you start getting closer, the finish line gets further and further. It's like that's By the way, if I'm mile 18, I'm not close to the finish line. You're kind of close. 18? You're closer than not. You're not on mile two. No, but I don't know if I would have gotten to 18. I mean, I couldn't do my So what are are ways to combat resilience fatigue? There's actually an article we were reading about this. This is what uh, mental health professionals say. And it's some some of it's very obvious, like focus on what you can do, not on what the virus is going to do. So ask yourself, what can I do rather than what is the next variant going to be or when will that hit and what's going to happen if we get it? Like, just focus on yourself, essentially. The next one's really obvious. Get plenty of sleep. Yay. Uh, That's that's not impossible. That's almost impossible for us. Um, quality over quantity. This is interesting, especially when it comes to social connections. So it's almost like don't waste time with people in your life that maybe don't bring positivity to it. Mm -hmm. So kind of have a smaller group, smaller group of friends. You know who you are. Keep your group tighter. (sighs) Avoid mindlessly scrolling on social media. Bad for you. I feel like, yeah, I've, 
I have been kind of off social media this past week just because I've been so like wrapped up with like my kids and COVID and all that. And it kind of is nice. Like I, I don't have, I haven't gone on it in like a few days, you know, I'm going to hurry up and post a really unvarnished story. While you're off, I'm going to put some stuff up, some good content up. And while you're not scrolling on social media, they say find a new hobby that's not related to your screen. So it could be hiking. It could be flower arranging. It could be just something that's like kind of just good for your mind and just kind of gets you out of reality, so to speak. I think I have this. I think we all do, Tanya. I think it's normal and... I think, I mean, it's like almost three years. I find Actually, myself I... like outburst crying for the like, things that I know are silly. But by talking about this right now, I feel worse. I know. Sorry. But no, I it's not your fault, but I feel worse. And I know, I know what you what mean I have. because I didn't, I didn't realize there was a name to what I had. Until yeah, I that's what I'm saying. Now I realize, oh, I got that. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's that better. I got. Better, better to but know. But let's move forward. Let's get rid of it. On Air with Ryan Seacrest. So, getting into a Southern California weekend, it's going to be sunny and gorgeous with highs in the mid to upper 70s. So, if you are going to check out something, here is our weekend watch list. Obviously, for me, it's Pamela and Tommy Lee. Ooh, that's on my list. Yeah. But the girl that plays her, um, like, really looks like her, right? I I don't know. I haven't seen it, but it's probably going to be on my watch list soon. (laughs) Okay, well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, my watch just doesn't. It's like I haven't watched it yet. Uh-huh. It's it's. I'm trying to get around to it. There's a lot of things. I, I'm trying to. I'm getting through Ozark right now. I'm going. I'm rolling through those new episodes. Oh. And what are you? What's on your watch list, Sisney? So this is an interesting one. It's Servant. It's on Apple TV Plus. It's about a Philadelphia couple that's uh, in mourning after an unspeakable tragedy kind of creates a rift in their household. It's kind of mysterious and suspenseful and scary almost. So, so, so if you're really feeling down, watch this. And they, it's a it's a dark it's a dark show, but it's interesting. It's intriguing. Like you're hooked. I've been watching it. It's, it's in season three now, and I've been watching it since the beginning. Um, new episodes on Fridays. So give it a try. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. That is on, as you said, new episodes Fridays. That is on Apple TV Plus. Tanya, what are you watching? So the season finale of And Just Like That, which is the Sex and the City reboot that's on HBO Max, it just came out last night alongside the new documentary for the show. And I just want to say everybody was poo-pooing this series, so I didn't watch it because I didn't want it to, I didn't want to ruin my Sex and the City, like what I, what I loved about them. And I finally gave in, I watched it and I'm obsessed. So don't listen to what people say because it is so good. Okay. And now, Patty, I understand that Lisa Ling, whom I love, I think she does such great investigative work. And in the way she does her series, she's so good. Lisa Ling is doing my dream show now? She is. She's doing Takeout on HBO Max. It's a series about Asian-American cuisine. So she travels all over the country, you know, talking to the community, learning about the history of the food. And I am obsessed with her right now. I've been, and I, I, I texted you, you because I wanted you to watch it. Well, I just took a picture of your report here so I could send it to myself to remind me to watch it. But <laughs> she was uh, – her CNN series is amazing. She's just – so we should have her on to talk about the food show because that's – I mean, that's what I want to do with every food and culture around the world on every continent. That's what I wanted to tell you in the text, but you just texted me with okay, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't want to talk. 
I'm not. I'm not gonna text. <laughs> oh, that. Did you? Te- I didn't realize you texted me that. What did you text me? I said you have I to watch this show. I might have been busy shooting <laughs> some social media. My favorite was when Ryan replied twice to an email. I think it might have been this week. Oh yeah, no, me too. I love it. He <laughs> goes, okay, you, yeah, you good. Replied, good. No, you're like good on one email, and then an hour later, you're like, okay. Yeah, because I Sometimes I go through my text at the end of the day, and I don't remember if I respond or not. <laughs> I noticed that too, and I loved it so much. <laughs> well, stop texting me so much. <laughs> um, yes, you, you did, Patty. You need to watch this, Lisa Ling. Uh, okay. It's so good. She's awesome. Uh, well, let's have her on. Let's have Amy. I want to talk about that show. That show sounds great. Well, let me text Ep- Lisa and let her know that you want her on the show. Episode. Oh, f- oh really? Now we know who you're going yeah. to work for. Name drop. Wow, her last day before she works for Lisa Ling Productions. Uh, is season five about Boyle Heights? Or episode five of her show? It is. I haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait. On air with Ryan Seacrest. Have a great weekend Monday. It's an all-new Ryan's Roses, and we continue to pay your bills. Plus, I got Halsey tickets for you. Take care. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll talk to you again Monday.